Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Dylan Holman and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward who has over 10 years in the markets. Hello everyone. Podcast has a simple format which will see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news. This week we're looking at the S&P 500, NEO and XRP. First things first though, Henry, how's your week been since I've been on paternity? So Dylan, the week trading has been really, really good. Anyone who's been on the last couple of, of Tuesday webinars, we've been talking about the likes of NVIDIA, and we've talked about the, the tech companies, a pullback, DocuSign, Adobe. And uh, we had a really, really nice pullback on the likes of NVIDIA. And I had a nice horizontal level. I had a three-day pullback. And we jumped in on that on a CFD. Now, anyone who knows me or follows any of my education material, that we risk 1% and we're looking for a 3% return. And on that particular trade, it's now, the earnings report is coming out now very, very shortly. And everyone is buying it up. It's expected good news. And yesterday, the market was up six six and a half percent which means then our trade got triggered in and it's now at 2.75 percent up so what i've done with that particular trade is because i expect the earnings to be good i expect it to continue growing over the next week or so so what i've done is i've actually part closed the trade so which means i've taken any loss off the table it means then that I've banked in half the money that was in. So I just say the take profit was 300 quid. I've just banked in about 135 in around that, that amount. And then the other 135 is still running. And what I've done is I've taken the take profit out of the way. So the idea is these are trending companies. So if the trend continues, then the upside is massively exponential. So I literally have no downside on this if this trade comes around and triggers us out. It means I'm, I've won money over that period of time. We also took a trade on the foreign exchange market. We took NZDCAD, which has a really, really nice trade to the downside. We just have had a little, we've had massive NZD weakness and CAD has been pretty strong across the board. So we shorted that market on a four hour and it's been going really, really well since as well. Is the strategy that you're using with NVIDIA something that you commonly practice? Yes, it would be. So if anyone listened to the, the, the popular investor interview that I'd done last week with Slow and Steady, something that he had looked into was the, was the statistics about a trending market. So if a market is trending for three to six months, there's a huge probability that it will continue. Now, and that's what, I, that's what I've taught from people from day one who come in on the courses, that trend is your friends till the bend at the end. <laughs> so what we're, doing, what we're doing is we're following that momentum. And we've had nice momentum now from the stimulus is coming to the market, whether it's the NASDAQ, whether it's the S&P, and we've had a really nice pullback. And I've just jumped in on that to let this trade run. And the same with DocuSign, the same with Adobe. We've done it last week. We've done it the week before. And then let these trades run. So the idea is, is that the stock market companies in particular are designed, their only goal is to make more money than last year. So which means then, and that's why when these trades, trends are, are going, they go for a really, really long time. In contrast, you have the likes of the FX market. Now, the FX market is a literally a sideways market because if 
the price of say dollar for instance dollars got too expensive it means that it's too expensive to trade with other countries now if so that means that the government will manipulate it and try bring the value down if it's too weak it means that the price of the groceries in our basket is going to be too expensive and people can't afford to live so then they will start trying to stimulate the market and try and drive it up so it's always trying to be kept between these two lines so that type of strategy or trade management i wouldn't say strategy trade management doesn't really work on the likes of fx markets so on the fx we're looking for horizontal support and resistance to hit and then jump out of the market whereas the likes of the stock market it's part close position and let it run this could this could literally run for two days or it could literally run for six months and that's and that's the beauty of the likes of these markets trade with the trend the trend is your friend till the bend at the end and most people then ask me so henry how do you spot the bend at the end well there's a couple different ways you have three or four big huge red bars <laughs> that's generally that's generally one big incentive thing to tell you that indication that it's it's going to turn or we have lower highs and lower lows but once at the minute i see any of these three or these two things happen i'm out of the market and just to confirm what would a lower low and a lower high actually mean if you have no idea what a lower high and lower low is then you need to go to the etara trading school and jump onto one of the one of the webinars so a higher high is then the previous high and then the next high if they're getting higher that would indicate that the market is continually there's more buyers in there and the same with the lows of so the the previous low is here and the next low is higher than it that is indication that it's going up where one of these lows gets lower that's where we have uncertainty we have take profit and people taking profit in the market or we have sellers jumping in so and that would change from a, a bullish market to potentially a bearish one Okay, great. Well, let's move on to topic one then, which is the S&P 500. This is an index which tracks the largest listed US companies, and it's been making headlines recently as it's on track to hit a new all-time high, moving past the 3,400 it set back in February. So in just a few months, it's been able to recover from a low of the 2,300 mark. How has it been able to do this in such an uncertain time? Well, the main reason is, is because of the stimulus package that the US government has put together. So that's what 2.1 trillion buys you. Uh, now, the good thing about this, they didn't just put it into one market. They put it into sort of all the markets around. So you have the likes of the NASDAQ is now at a record high. You have the likes of the S&P is just about to hit a record high. You have the bond markets are going up. You So across the, across the globe, most markets have recovered and are actually doing well, or if not better than they were before coronavirus, because between the furlough scheme, between the, the checks that the, the US are giving out, and that's why this market has returned. Now, if you would have got in on, say, the S&P from that low, you have done about a 50% return on investments if you would have jumped in on that low, um, which is a huge return on investment in a very short space of time. What's that, four months? So that's, that's a huge return on 500 companies. Now, the, the thing about this is that you could have literally picked any company out of that 500 and invested into it, and you were probably up more money than when coronavirus was at the low. Now, if you take out the likes of airline industries out of that, you pretty much every, every industry is up. And that is something that is, it's phenomenal from the, from the pullback that we had in March. 
Some analysts are believing that the S&P 500 could even go above the 3,600 mark by the end of the year. How important would the US elections be to whether this will actually happen? Because I've noticed there's obviously a lot of data coming out about the effects of COVID, but the thing that Donald Trump likes to really promote is the performance of the NASDAQ and S&P 500 on his kind of Twitter feeds. Well, you say Twitter feeds, that's one of the things any investor now has to have is Donald Trump on Twitter. <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're a trader, you, you need to have it, whether you're an oil trader, whether you're an FX or, or, or stocks, you sort of nearly have to, you nearly have to see your, your, your quote of Donald Trump tweets every day. But see, this is something that he takes a lot of pride in, that he has got the market stimulated. Now, even before, even before coronavirus, one of the big things that's happened in the U.S. is when since Donald Trump got into power is that the, the stock market has rallied. It's massively rallied. Now, a lot of people will say it's he's in bed with his cronies and he's only looking after them or he's not looking after the smaller people. Whereas his thing is, is if I can get industry running, it then gives jobs to everyone. So it trickles down. And that is something that he has done massively. Now, with the likes of the bailout then as well, he's sort of taking credit for that as well because he's now got the market to an all-time high. Now, with the S&P is just about to touch it. You have the NASDAQ has, has already broken the previous highs. So it is a massive, it's a massive, massive factor because Donald Trump wants to save face. Now, he hasn't come out with massive glory from the Black Lives Matter movement, um, but his, his thing is now is that the markets have, markets have rallied, and that, that's what's something he is sticking to. Whereas the under candidates, they haven't done that. They haven't got the market stimulated yet, so he is already one up in that, in that, in that sense. I mentioned that some analysts are believing that it could go to the 3,600 mark. What's your thoughts? Is this something that you're still keen to be investing in? Or are you a little bit more cautious with uh, the US elections and what that could entail um, on the horizon? I'm a trader, so I look at statistics. And if you look back at statistics, is the NASDAQ and the S&P and the Dow have gone up since the day they were opened. So why would they stop now? They've literally, since the day they opened their doors, it has gone up. That is the same with any of these. If you would have bought at the top of coronavirus, if you would have bought any of the tech companies, if you would have bought the NASDAQ at the very top or even the S&P right now, at the top, you're at break even. The NASDAQ, you're, at, you're, you're up money. And the same with a lot of these companies that if you would have bought at the top, just give it enough time and it will continue growing. So do I expect it to hit 3,600? Absolutely. Now, am I bold enough to put a time figure on it? No, um, I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't know when that's going to happen. But do I expect it to continue run? Absolutely. Okay, well, let's move on to topic two then, which is Niho. I hope hopefully I've uh, pronounced that correctly. But it's the Chinese automobile manufacturer, which is headquartered in Shanghai and specializes in developing electronic autonomous cars. So it's almost like the Chinese version of Tesla. Um, obviously, Tesla's seen huge growth this year. How has Niho been doing? So as I, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Did I, like it? I just call it uh, Neo. I'm not going to um, lie. I Googled how to pronounce it and that's what came up. So apologies <laughs> if I've got that wrong. I also Google it. And every time I do it, I said NIO. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but see, Neo has gone on from strength to strength. Now, Neo is a little bit, a little bit of a, a stranger 
a stranger one there. So if we look back a little bit into December 2019, they weren't doing very well. They actually let off 140 people um, from their factories go. They had to have cutbacks. Whereas now they've gone on to a record high since then. So they have seen sales through the coronavirus um, spike. But one of the big, big things is that to happen is they have found investment. Um, which means then that the R&D, they can put, invest more money into that. So, But yeah, NEO has gone on from strength to strength since December um, 2019. That investment of a billion dollars has come from the Chinese government, um, which is a grant, as you say, for their R&D. How closely linked is the company with the government? So NEO is a privately owned company, but as you know, the, with the likes of China, a lot of them have influence from the, the Chinese government. Now, when you look at this a little more closely, NEO have received $1 billion in government funding for their R&D. Now, that is massively needed for the likes of NEO, because you have Spring Motors, which is potentially coming up as, a, as an IPO very shortly, and you have the likes of Tesla, who are actually massively in China now as well. And they have sort of gone on from strength to strength. Now, to put this into context, is 25% of NEO's buyers ordered the company's um, advanced driver assist package. But when you put that into context, you have Tesla, which has 68% of theirs who opted for the autopilot section. So, yes, they're doing well, but they need to massively, massively up their game on the auto driver, the drive assist or autopilot package. That has, to, that has to kick on from there because when you look into the details of it, they're, they're a self-driving company, they're an electronic car, and that's what, that's what they pride themselves on. But only 25% of their car sales are in that sector. So there is huge growth in that side of, that, of this. So only time will tell whether it will happen or whether it'll, it'll continue to grow. But if they can sort that out, and that's where this money is coming from, from the government, and that's where it's going into, you, would, you should expect them to kick on from this. Tesla's obviously had a huge surge in their price of their shares over the last, say, year or so. Neo seems, from what you're saying, to have a lot of comp- competition in China from the likes of Tesla now entering that market and others. Why, as an investor slash trader, should I be keeping an eye on them? So the thing with the likes of NEO is it's, it's very, very similar to the likes of Tesla, but it's at a much, much cheaper rate than, than Tesla. So if you're looking to get into the self-driving, um, the self-driving market, they're much, much cheaper than the likes of Tesla. Now, we've seen from 2020, so the beginning of the year, their price was at 3.76. And if we look at today's price, they're at 13.94. So which is a huge, huge return on investment, a massive run. Now they are really, really new to this market as in, in this area. There is loads and loads of potential at the upside on this. If they can get their autopilot driving correct, if they can get some money into their R&D correct, then the upside is phenomenal. But this is a nice slow burner. This is not something that's going to return you 10, 20, 30% in a matter of a, a weeks or months. This is you hold on for two or three years and then should potentially grow from there. So would you be looking to invest in the underlying asset as opposed to trading it as a CFD? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's something that I'm keeping a close eye on. I don't have it as of yet, but if the correct opportunity presents itself, I will be looking to get into the likes of this. It is something that I, uh, I'm doing more and more research on. 
yes, I am a technical trader. And if we look at this as a technical trade, it is kicking on. It's slowly, it's slowly pushing on. It's not quite at a record high, but it's, it's very close to it. It's only about three or four dollars away from being a record high. So it, it is something that I'm keeping an eye on. I would like to see a substantial pullback in this. It's at $13. I would like to see this come back to say five or $7. And that's where I'd be looking to invest in it because I, I, I like to see value. I like to see that's almost like a 50% drawback though, which is a pretty big drop in price. Oh, uh, absolutely. And, that, and that's the thing. I would like to see some sort of pullback. Now, we don't know whether this has taken off because of the stimulus that the, the likes of the Chinese government propping up their stocks as well, the same as the likes of the US. Now, information on the likes of the US stocks are much, are much easier to come by than the likes of the Chinese government are the likes of the Chinese companies. So I want to see a nice pullback and then continue to go from there. But whether that will happen, it remains to be seen. Generally, when we have companies like this that are trending nicely, they don't pull back 50%, but only time will sell. And if I get that pullback, I will be investing into it. So even if I got back to $10, I'd probably, I'd probably even start scaling into the position. So Anyone who is looking to get into the likes of these companies that are really new to the stock market, I say really new, it's, it's there three or four years. So I generally type to dollar cost average in. So for anyone who doesn't know what dollar cost averaging is, dollar cost averaging is that you have a set amount of money each month to actually push into a stock, regardless of where it is, that's a record high, whether it's at a record low, it makes no difference. What you're doing is you're looking to scale into this position as it's going in a particular direction, whether it's up or down. And the idea then is you have an average price overall, and if it slowly starts to go up in value, then your positions start multiplying and they start getting bigger and bigger. So you're using that stock as a savings account, but also growth as well. So let's move on to topic three then, which is XRP. So XRP is linked to Ripple. Uh, which is the company and Ripple is made to connect banks, payment providers and digital asset exchanges, enabling real time settlement and lower transaction fees. It's a bit of a complex one, but effectively <laughs> XRP is uh, the crypto for Ripple with the company. Over the last couple of weeks, we've covered the likes of Ethereum. We've covered the likes of Bitcoin. And if we look at the likes of XRP, it has been a little bit later to this movements that we've had over the last months. If we have a look at it, XRP is up 60% from the beginning of the year, okay? which, is, which is, is great. But when you look at the other cryptocurrencies that we looked at, it's not up as much. If you look at the low of March, it's actually up 200%. Now, putting this into a, a little more context as well is that if you look at it since the 1st of July, which is literally, um, was it 20 days ago, it has gone up 100% in that time so it has surged over in the last 20 days so and um, this is something that is potentially quite new to this movement so we've had a big movement the likes of the other crypto assets but this one has been a little bit late to the to the playing field and it's now it's gone on from there in terms of use cases ripple company is already being used by over 300 financial institutions from the likes of american express all the way through to moneygram etc etc their ceo recently came out saying that they want to be considered the amazon of payments um so we're obviously going to be looking at additional avenues why do you um think that this kind of spike in price has come over the last 
month or so when, as you say, a lot of the other cryptos have been um, blossoming a lot earlier in the year? It's not as sexy as the likes of Bitcoin. It, it literally comes down to that is that when you talk about crypto assets, generally people talk about Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Now, if you actually look around, you can get much better value than the likes of Bitcoin out there. And XRP, XRP is one of them. Now, you have a lot of whales that's in the market and the whales are slowly starting to, to buy up the market. And also what's ever happened is we talked about a little bit earlier when we S&P, you have the likes of the stimulus packages that have been pumped into the market. So uh, we talked about it, the bond market going up. We talked about the indices going up. We talked about some of the currencies going up. And now it's slowly trickling down into the likes of the crypto market. Um, we have seen the likes of gold, which was a traditional safe haven and a safe bet. We have now seen the likes of digital assets are increasingly becoming a hedge for inflation. Now, if you look at it just as a growth point of view, you have the likes of the NASDAQ that's at a record high. You have the likes of the bond yield that's massively up. But you have the crypto market up to a month ago hadn't moved. It's been pretty flat since the likes of coronavirus happened. So it was only a, a matter of time before investors looking for value would then trickle down into their crypto assets. When you're looking at cryptos, like so Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, etc., etc., how much are you looking at the use cases of the crypto versus looking at the charts? So for me, it's all about the charts literally all about the charts because I've learned how to read the charts over the last 10 to 12 years. So it actually tells me sort of what's going on. You had the looks of um, XRP here, which has a, a massive level at uh, 0 0.3440. Now, if it gets to that level, that, that's a pretty key level. Now, it's not too far away from that level. So for me, it's all about, it's all about the charts. I know very, very little about the, the technology behind it, and I don't need to know the technology behind it. It's like, it's like driving a car. Can you drive a car, Dylan? I can, yes. Yeah, so if I took the engine apart and I put it on the ground, would you be able to put the engine together? I definitely cannot. <laughs> so, but the thing about it is, you know, if you put diesel or petrol into it, you put oil or water into it, it should go backwards and forwards, shouldn't it? With a bit of luck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and the same with the likes of trading the markets. We don't necessarily need to know the underlying assets, what they do, what's, what's going on. Yes, the big, the big announcements like the, the halvings and stuff like that there, the staking, all the stuff like that, yes, we need to know that's going on. But with the likes of these crypto assets or even stocks and stuff, we don't need to know what's actually going on in the day-to-day -day running of these. We just know how to trade them. And that's where putting in the likes of technical analysis works really, really well on the likes of these markets. So something that massively respects the likes of the crypto is horizontal levels and also the likes of triangles and pennants. They are, they are really, really, they happen all the time on the likes of these crypto assets. So it's something that technical analysis comes into play massively with the likes of these. But every so often you get a breakout that you haven't seen or you didn't predict why, because a whale has just come in, pumped on us, and then these crypto spike because they all are down to supply and demand. It's not like the traditional assets that are backed by the government. This literally comes down to supply and demand. 
I think if you're trading, looking at the charts like you do it works. But if you're looking at a long-term investment, I think understanding the use cases of the crypto then really does come into play. Absolutely. If you're a long-term investor, you have to have a look at the use case scenarios and you have to look at the underlying assets and, and, and the fundamentals behind it and what's happening next and where they're, where they're expected to go. But as a trader, I know that the record high is at 3.5. Okay. Now, I know at the present moment they're at 0 0.30. So I know if, as a long-term investor, that if it gets anywhere close to the record high, and I've bought it now, I have had a huge growth on this. Does that make sense? So you don't necessarily need to know that, but it's massively beneficial. But I know if this is going to have a little bit of a bull run, it's at a pretty decent price to buy it, but it's nowhere near the record high. So we know there's huge, there's massive amounts of upside on this. But yes, if you're a long-term trader, is un know what's going on, know the fundamentals behind it, as well as the technicals. Adding technicals to any fundamental trader is never going to hinder you. Um, if you listened to the webinar last week, we had the likes of Jay Nemesis, who is a little bit of both. He will do an awful lot of fundamentals, but he'll also trade a little bit of technicals. And, and he's one of the, the most copied popular investors in, on the platform. So if it works for him, why not it work for you guys as well? So just make sure you're adding a little bit of extra, put an extra arrow in your quiver, uh, and then potentially monetize that. Yeah, Jay talks a lot about cryptos on his um, feed on the Toro. So if you do want to learn more about cryptos and get a bit more of an understanding, he's definitely someone worth following. Yeah, because he, he, he trades the likes of them. Now, I'm not, I'm not a big trader of the likes of the cryptos. Um, it's just something that I've never, I've never really done. It's something that I can see the value in them. I can see the entries in them. It's just not something that I've ever sort of jumped in. I trade more of docs, but I can see huge value at the moment of jumping in. I can see where there's entries. I can see the likes of Bitcoin if it comes back, retest at 10,000 mark. There's a nice entry. You have XRP. There's actually a nice little level where it is right this second. Um, and if it can kick, if it can break that 3,400 mark XRP and retest that, that'd be somewhere where I'd be looking to jump in on this because we're now in a bullish market. We're on a nice run. And if this run continues, there's, there's loads and loads of upside. I see the most common prediction for people out there is 0 0.6. So if it actually gets to that point, you have just returned 50% on your investment, which is, which is a nice return if it gets there. Great. Well, that's it for this week's three topics. Is there anything else that people should be keeping an eye on this week? Not, not massively. Is crypto is is massively taken off over the last couple of weeks. So it's something that is that is something that's hot at the moment. It's trending. It's running. You have the likes of the stocks at the minute. You have a lot of the tech stocks that have finished with their earnings report. So you won't see as much jumps are running out the minute. It's, it'll start to slow down, and the stocks will nice slowly and steadily run from there. But uh, as a whole, the one to be watching out the minute is crypto whether it's XRP or whether it's any of the other crypto, cryptos out there, that is, that is the hottest ticket on the market at the moment. Well, thanks for that. And thanks everyone for listening to this week's podcast. You can learn more about the markets on Henry's weekly webinar as per normal. And you can find that at the Toro Trading School. But apart from that, we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you very much, everyone. Just that. Bye.
You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.